lift. I was sitting in a petrol station last night and I was calming and I'm mother of God, the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes. They are That mad. was the one lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're mental about it, yeah. That's Don't go to rock. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships. Hashtag the toughest. Welcome back to the Club Championship Show here on OTB Sports, which is brought to you by AIB. An intriguing weekend last weekend. Porrick Mahoney just at 13 points for the reigning All-Ireland champions, Bally Gunner. They won a thrilling game against Napiercy to set up what's going to be a very interesting Munster final against the Clare champions, Ballier, on Saturday week in Thurles. The beaten finalists of last year in the hurling, Ballyhale Shamrocks, continue their bid for a fourth consecutive Leinster crown when they take on Nace, who won the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship last year in the semi-finals at Croke Park this Sunday. The All-Ireland football kingpins, Kilku, are also in action this coming weekend with semi-finals in both Ulster and Munster in the football. St Vincent's are the new Leinster Senior Camogie Champions following their victory against the 2020 All-Ireland Champions Owler at the Bala. Caro Kane of the Irish News and the Irish Examiner's John Fogarty will be with us in a little bit but Ashley O'Reilly is here with me. How are you getting on, Ash? Good, well, not too bad. How are you? We're getting into this real business end of the club championship now as we return with the show. Provincial semi-finals across the board. We've got the first uh, final fixtures confirmed over the next couple of weeks. Got that kind of feeling of uh, really important silverware is going to be handed out over the next couple it does absolutely and some brilliant games you know the Ballygunner and the Pierce game in particular was just something else I think it was one of the classic club games and I think we needed that as well you know I think it's got the excitement going as we come into the business end of things and yeah just really looking forward to it I know we, we could probably see maybe Kilku coming up against Glen if they come through their games as well that's an exciting one and uh, yeah as well the Leinster Camogie that was a uh, some result for Vincent so yeah loads of great stories in there and yeah it's just getting exciting now yeah I enjoy kind of tracking the stories as we go along too uh, we'll talk a little bit later about your in Crow Park the weekend just gone by yep. and the downs into a first Leinster final in 50 years uh, we're yeah. looking at Torla Strand from Sligo into their first Connacht final in 40 years it's like I think that's one of the great things about the club championship is what this means to communities who've been away from the top table for a long long time and then the excitement building into Christmas getting ready for provincial finals. This is it and it's massive for those clubs. You know, I spoke to uh, the Downs after the game. I spoke with Lara, their, their manager and to Luke Lachlan as well and, you know, it's unbelievable. I think it was 16 years, 17 years since they won the Westmead Championship and then 50 years now since they're last in the Leinster final. So for those clubs to probably be hearing these stories growing up to now be the ones that are they're here contesting, hopefully going to make history of their own. You know, that's what the club championship is all about and, you know, obviously my own club were tote were there contesting at the weekend brilliant to see them in Crow Park for the very first time and you know that's going to stick in our club for a very long time you know a lot of the, the kids went in on the bus you know with the team and you know they have that belief now they've seen them they've seen it being possible to be in Crow Park with your club so it's about all those stories well and I think in particular this year we're hearing them and it's great because it really does push on the, the club championship because I know we've some of the kingpins are in there you know we have the likes of Kilku we have Ballygunner Ballyhale all these big names that are around the club for so long but it's nice when you see maybe the underdogs coming up and who knows this year it could be the year of an underdog mm, We'll see if they can spring a shock or two along the way We've got John Fogarty from the Irish Examiner with us as well Morning John, how are you getting on? Will, good morning to you Good morning Ashley Good morning John We're going to kick off with Ballygunner as we look back on those Munster semi-finals from last weekend That second half performance John is that as complete a display as we've seen from a team the way they played against Napiercy in the second half last weekend? If it isn't, it's very close, Will. Um, it was dramatic in many ways because in the first half, um, they were the poorer team. Uh, there's no denying that the goal almost came against the run of play 
in that sense. But in the second half, they were like a horde of Dennis the Menaces in that jersey. You know, they were just frenetic. Um, uh, it was incredible. Just their hunger. Like, they looked porous in the first half. They're running from the Pearshik, especially at that half-back line, two of which are in their 30s now. And they did look they did look their age at that time. And then in the second half, they just turned it around completely. Shane O'Sullivan gave another dramatic performance, just like he did in the All-Ireland final this year. So it's it, it was hugely impressive. But there's a great maturity to this group, Will, this Ballyguller side. I don't think they panic in any shape or form. And it's a sign of a great team. We see it from Limerick at, at, at inter-county at, at inter level. But we're seeing it massively from this Ballyguller team. They're not used to it. They, a few of them repeated it. They're not used to going into half time. Uh, five points behind, but it, it was almost as if it was a new challenge for them, and boy, did they embrace it. Yeah, I mean, look, not the fact they run up a very good total in the end, two goals and 20 points, but to keep the Limerick champions to just four scores in the second half is remarkable in and of itself. It is indeed. Like, obviously, Kevin Downs had a couple of wides as well from freeze in the second half, but that doesn't take away from the fact that they kept an incredibly decent team in the Beersheet Beer- the, the to four points like they did. It was... It, it, it just seemed as if they turned up their hunger. I don't think it was anything tactically. Obviously, from their puckers, um, Stephen O'Keefe, let's be honest, you know, he should be playing inter-county because he is that good. But what has been Warford's losses, certainly being Ballygunner's gain in the sense that he's been able to commit to it. He, um, the word is he's heavily involved in the uh, tactical decisions along with Park Matney, along with Dara Sullivan and David Franks, the coach. And you could see how much, like it was affected and the Pearson clearly did their homework on it in the first half, but O'Keefe's ability to um, to vary his poker like he did, but also, you know, you can see it uh, from the replays that they manifested a lot of those attacks from from short ones. So um, he is such a, um, an impressive uh, player for them. And it's, it's my belief anyway that himself and Philip Mahoney, these guys probably retired or stepped away from inter-county hurling earlier than they should have. Um, obviously, they made the right decisions for themselves, but um, it's been a huge advantage to, to Bally Gunner. Obviously, Park Mahoney, you know, we will wait and see what Park's decision is. Clearly, as we saw at the weekend, he has a hell of a lot to offer for Waterford, but again, it's up to his decision, uh, up, to, up to him. And it's up to, you know, it's, it's up to everybody else to, to, to keep up with this group. Bally A have some challenge on their hands on Saturday week. And John, you mentioned there the Ballygunner, they didn't panic and they showed their experience. I think especially in the opening few minutes, Napiershik, they were getting bodies back. They were, you know, marking Desi Hutchinson out of the game. They weren't letting him on the ball. And I think that was a crucial point that Ballygunner, they noticed that and they changed things. They did. They 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 they, they obviously, poor Manny then was dropping deep, Ashley, and... Um, guys who were basically winning the dirty ball and whatever, Porig was offloading to them. Um, obviously, there will be questions for the Pearshigan that why did they give Porig that um, license to ghost like he did? Um, but obviously, they 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 could um, they could go route one as well in the second half. The Patrick Fitzgerald's goal was route one um, with the ball that was put into him. But um, they they just have everything in their locker. Um, that's what the way it seems at the moment. And the great thing about them, I was speaking to the McGrath brothers from Mount Zion, Ken and, and um, Owen last week. And the point that they made is that they're very difficult to hate in the sense like they sh- Mount Zion should hate them because obviously they're now matching them for, you know, nine titles in a row in Watford and things like that. But these guys are humble. They're in hum- they're humble outfit. Um, they're putting a hell of a lot back into their underage. A lot of the senior players, very much like Napierczyk, 
are training their underage teams. And obviously, um, they're reaping the, the, the benefits of that. There's guys there who would have been in cool camps and, and whatnot who are now playing with the guys who would have coached them at that stage. So it's it's basically it's feeding into itself every time. And um, it, it, it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, it was interesting. We were chatting to Stephen O'Keefe ahead of the All-Ireland final last year and he was very keen to stress that we were looking at the teams who had got to Munster finals, John. And he was saying, hey, look, there's lads here who have only been on the panel the last year or two years. To them, they've known nothing but winning, whether it be Munster championships or running off the Waterfords in a row. And he was saying that's probably no bad thing, that they weren't carrying any of the emotional scarring of the defeats that they'd taken in provincial finals in recent years. Very much so, Will. Like, there's two generations here. It's, it's, it's almost like the dubs and the Kieran Whelan time and post Kieran Whelan, like Kieran Whelan, one of the greatest footballers that Dublin ever had. And he didn't, you know, he has no All-Ireland to his name, whereas there's guys, perhaps inferior footballers who have a couple of medals to their names and Kieran doesn't. In many ways, Bally Gunner had Fergal Hartley, the Paul Flynn, guys like that who really um, strove and really looked for monster titles and basically didn't have the same success as this group. Now, I, I think a huge, and you know, Peter Hogan touched on it speaking after the game on Sunday, Will, that winning in All-Ireland like they did against Barry Hale Shamrocks in February gone was a huge um, fill-up for them. Like, something like that happens and you think you can take on the world. And these guys, like Harry Ruddle, you know, Harry's not even getting his game at the moment. You know, Billy O'Keefe's on the bench there at the moment. Two guys who you would argue would probably get onto, onto a lot of teams. And they have those guys in reserve. But their confidence is just exuding. It's 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 really impressive. As I said to you, you know, Ballier, they're going to be a different prospect, you would imagine, on, in Turles on Saturday week because Tony Kelly's there. Obviously, he went for surgery last year when uh, when when these two uh, locked horns and obviously Bally Gunner had, uh, had it all their own way. But it, it it's there's almost something very irresistible about this body gunner group at the moment. And um I think Darrow Sullivan touched on it at the weekend that beating a team as vaunted and as good as Napirshik is only going to propel them even more. Yeah. Seems the break didn't seem to bother them too much either, John. It's been talked about a lot in some of the teams that were knocked out in recent weeks, but they had a long delay from the end of the Waterford Championship to playing Kilrowan in the first round of Munster and now this game. And yet they don't seem to have really lost a beat despite the fact they hadn't hurled competitively for a couple of months. Yeah, it was, it was a big concern for them, Will, last year. I remember talking to Darryl Sullivan at the time before the Ballier game that they were considered, they were going into the unknown. They didn't know how they were going to bridge this gap or where they were, you know, there was going to be a bit of rustiness. Obviously, there wasn't, and there wasn't uh, when they beat Kilroy McDonough's there a couple of weeks ago as well. I think the fact that a lot of them go and play football with Galtier um, out in Dunmore, uh, that basically keeps the, the fitness up. So it's basically a case of, you know, I think they started three or four weeks from the Kilowan game and they were able to, um, uh, uh, you know, taper it up and, and, and go like they did. Obviously, there's comparisons being made now to the likes of Ferns and Wexford, who obviously are, were, were the second Wexford champions to be knocked out at the first time of Askin and Leinster after they've had such a, a long break from August. There are going to be questions like that. Asked, but this Ballygunner team, I think they're the exception to the rule. Well, they, they a lot of teams will be looking at them and, and wanting to replicate what they do. But um, it's this is years in the making, as so many of the guys in Ballygunner uh, will tell you. The older guys, you know, they they got a lot of houndings down through the years. They got a lot of um, a lot of scutchings, as they might say, a lot of defeats. Um, and you know, they they learned the hard way, and they learned by investing in their um, underage, which is obviously uh, they're reaping the, the benefits now. 
Yeah, we spent some time down in their club uh, last year. Brilliant facilities and just the way Desi spoke about the club and a lot of the young kids, he's like a celebrity there. It's it's so funny, like they're all running up to him on the pitch and, you know, he's their, their club player and it's it's magic to see that. But as you said, John, they do face Ballyhay. Um, so what can we expect here? Obviously, they met in the quarterfinal last year, but there was no Tony Kelly last year. It was 320 to 2-6 in the end, but I think it might be a little bit different this time around. It has to be. It has to be for that reason, Ashley, but also for the fact that, you know, you saw Gary Brennan at the weekend, man of the match. Um, another guy who some people might say has retired too early, certainly from Clare football, but um, you, you can see the quality of the man there. I'm really looking forward to, you know, him and Barry Cochran locking horns like they and That should be tasty enough. You would imagine that coming through a game as it was it was ugly let's be honest with you the Finbar's game was ugly but it, it, obviously the conditions the pitch you had you had to see the Gaelic grounds pitch to to believe it uh, they put a lot of work into it recently and it's it's pristine it's a gorgeous there was no excuses for bad hurling there even in November last Sunday whereas the Cusick Park pitch looked like a pitch uh, you know for November as good as it is um, you know, Central Stadium. You would um, on Saturday week. There will be no excuses again. You would imagine it'll be uh, in decent nick. Um, but I can't see any other any anything other than a Ballygunner victory at this moment in time. Like Ballye have fought the odds before. They will they will embrace it in many ways. And the fact that Kelly is back at like he, like he is will be will, will be will be a huge bonus to them. But um, I. I don't think we can underestimate how much that victory over Napierschik is going to bring this uh, bring this Ballygunner group on. I think it's just reaffirmed what they already knew about themselves that they are the team to beat. Maybe the biggest surprise of the weekend when it came to Ballier's victory against the Bars was the fact it wasn't Tony Kelly who puts over the winning score. Perhaps an unlikely hero in Brandon O'Connell. I think he's back in uh, with the Clare Senior Hurling Panel, but um, a guy who's generally known for stopping the opposition as opposed to going up for a winning score. An unlikely enough hero in the end. Yeah, and, and, and they might need that because it's not the body going away really to Manmark. So, you know, very much like Port Matney was ghosting around the half-forward line on Sunday. Um, I think there will, not that there will be an allowance, but it'll be a case of, you know, Tony's going to do what Tony's going to do. And it's just a, a case of damage limitation. I don't think body gunner are going to sacrifice their shape in any way. For 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 Valier, but at the same time, you're absolutely right. Well, they, they, they will need guys to step up, uh, different guys. You know, they do have. Listen, they're two time, they're two time Clare champions. You know, back to back, which isn't the, you know, six mile bridge have done it obviously in the last couple of years, but it's not a it, it's not a regular feat. Uh, and Valier have shown before um, that when they have Tony Kelly in tow, that they they can embrace uh, the challenge of, of a monster um, championship, but. This is uh, this is they're, they're they're facing monsters. They really are facing monsters in this game in terms. Yeah, Tony Kelly last week he said that um, we won't be given a chance, but he said that he's back this year. They have the likes of Carl Dewan is back from Australia, so they do have lads back in that they wouldn't have had last year. So I suppose that brings a little bit of an edge to it too. It does. It, it does in many ways. In the fact that Tony, I would imagine the way he's talking there, he's absolutely right. He's not playing. He's not listen. He, he, He's not playing the the poor mouth in any shape or form, Ashley. They, they are written, going to be written off. No, you know I can tell you, I I I'm not writing them off. I'm just thinking that Ballygunner are going to win the game. Um, certainly not to the extent that they won last year. But Kelly will, will you can imagine will be in the ears of of the guys Adrian O'Brien, who's obviously now coaching, who had coached St. Finbar's 
and uh, Ballier and is now with the Clare Hurlers as their starting condition coach. But obviously he's our, he's the hurling coach. They will have his undivided attention for this game now. So that gives another little bit of a boost to Ballier. Um, but and Kelly is the type of guy who will get something out of being written off as much. And it, it will happen during next week. You can be sure of it. A lot most people will be talking as as air, it's an early juncture at this stage, mm-hmm. Ashley. But you know, t- people are already starting to be getting, talking to, uh, talking about Shamrocks and talking about Bally Gunner and a and repeater in All Ireland semi final stage. Whether it happens before Christmas or afterwards, it, uh, those the those. Fixtures aren't yet confirmed. It could still change. At this moment in time, it's before Christmas, but um, Ballygunner won't be getting ahead of themselves. And Tony Kelly, you would imagine, will, will love if they if they are, but uh, they're just too professional. There's too many good guys in that group not to get uh, for them to get ahead of themselves. John, just one last one for you before you go. Obviously, a lot of uh, discussion around the structures potentially going into next year. Um, Wexford last night voted to stick with the status quo, so they're going to have a split season effectively within their own county championship. They're going to stick with the hurling first and the football afterwards. I mean, other counties are going to be debating this over the next while and maybe the idea of regional competitions coming in, all these changes since the overall split season came in. But Wexford are sticking with the same system for next season. They are. um, And from just talking to a couple of people last night, as late as as it was, Will, um, it was a bone of contention for a few clubs who now believe that um, they're hamstrung in the sense that if they win the, the hurling championship, they're going to have a wait even longer than the one that Bally Gunner obviously bridged against Kilowan uh, a couple of weeks ago. It, it, the fact it's, it's a great product that that Wexford have. The fact that it's undivided. The fact that the hurling championship is week on week at the height of the summer. Let's be honest, you know, around August time, it, it uh, and July. It's it's a huge. Um, selling um it's a huge sell for them but in, in the sense of uh, propelling them into the leinster championship it there's no platform there now and it is a concern the fact that the last two champions have been knocked out as early as they have mind you st mullins who uh, beat firm st aidens the last time were waiting a week later i think they're waiting 12 or 13 weeks so um i i, I don't think you can blame that necessarily uh, that that gap necessarily for that defeat but um it is something that is going to come up again. I would imagine every year at this stage in Wexford now, it, it, it was obviously replicated in Watford and Carlow. People saw what uh, Wexford have done and and, and believe it's the, the right way to go. But, you know, we might see Wexford champion, uh, champions struggle in the next while when they get out of the uh, out of the, the, the county. The one thing that is said, and Michal Martin, the, the Wexford chairman, has said it well, is that uh, the, there's been a rise in the success of the dual uh, teams the, the amount of dual uh, teams in Wexford at the moment are really benefiting from the fact that they can concentrate on hurling and then on football now there might be an argument in the future to say why can't we go football first and then hurling, hurling second that could be something that they will look at obviously the likes of Cork have alternate weekends as do the likes of Tip as well but um, it's, it's Wexford have clearly made a vote for themselves in the sense that you know we're happy enough with our champion but there will be, you would imagine, pressure on them, especially from the leading clubs over the next while, if they feel that they're struggling in Leinster and that continues. For sure, the debate continues. John, thanks a million. Pleasure, guys. John Fogarty there from the Irish Examiner brings up the speed on those Munster semi-finals from last weekend. Uh, you were at 
Crow Park asking for the Leinster Club Senior Football Semis. Yep. Uh, we had two very contrasting games. A uh, very comfortable victory for the defending champions, Chemical Croaks, against Port Arrington. One twelve to four points in the end. Port Arrington didn't score until the 47th minute from play. Uh, they've been so close last year in yeah. their meeting that people were thinking maybe it might be a bit closer, but um, Port Arrington well beaten on the day. Uh, the first game was a thriller, though. Your own club, Rathout, the Mead champions up against the Downs, and a game that kind of swung in different directions. But if a late free goes in a different way, Rathout could have taken that to extra time. I know. And when it's your own club and you're sitting in Crow Park, it is very tough, very tough to, to watch on. Um, I was on the edge of my seat. It was very different from, you know, working there, covering games. But it was 2-12 to, to 17 points in the end. And it was a draw at half time, And it was really Dahi McGowan for a tote that really kept them in the game in that first half. I think he scored four points in a row. Brilliant, an unbelievable player, about 18, 19 years of age. You know, definitely one to, to watch out for. Um, but yeah it was the downs that, that came out on top and they got a goal in the first half that probably made a big difference to the game and they got a, one in the second as well but they were just very impressive you know uh, Luke Lachlan in particular his runs from the back line were like he, he was lined out a corner for but he was down in the he back line action. yeah he really was and the amount of work he'd done he would run from the back line lay it off and get on the end of the ball again to put it over or create the pass so it wasn't only the scoring that he was doing it was you know the hard work off the ball that, that was just epic from him and yeah it's it's a great story for them obviously for my club the first time ever in the in Crow Park so they're an up and coming team very young and yeah it, it's exciting times you know it's hard to obviously get a loss by one point in Crow Park and the lads will be really feeling it but they have to be proud of themselves and what they've done for the club you know it was, it was a brilliant day out for everybody and yeah we'll definitely be back but for the Downs exciting times you know as we mentioned at the start 50 years since they were last there um, yeah lovely lovely team you know I met them afterwards and yeah they're, they're very humble by it all they're, very, they're delighted to be here but they, they know that they have a big task on their hands now with Kilmacud. Yeah, I don't think uh, anyone on their panel had made their confirmation the last time they'd won a Westmead Championship. <laughs> there, there's nobody older than 28. Wow, okay. So I think Luke Lachlan is literally, he's joint captain this year. Yeah. So he's also, I think, the oldest member of the panel. There's a team that won a series of underage titles in Westmead. There's been, they were the coming team. Mm-hmm. But the Downs continued to, to, continue to miss out in finals against St. Lomans, who've been yeah. the best team in the last decade. Then they got past Lomans this year and the Downs really haven't looked back. Niall Mitchell who confirmed he's staying with the Westmead Senior Hurlers for next season as opposed to the football yeah. panel. Uh, he scored the second goal. Kieran Nolan got the first one. I think they should have been home and hosed mm-hmm. until Andrew Clamartin got sent off. And the next thing, Big time. crazy things start happening. And Rathout just kept on eating into that lead. Yeah, now they were down to 14 men, but Rathout started to play because for that second half, Rathout had not played. And I think the lads would say that themselves. And that's probably the most disappointing thing, I'm sure, if you come away from Crow Park and say, off, we left everything out there, grand. But I think that in that first half, in particular, the the start of it, they they didn't really play. It was the last fifteen minutes or so um, when the downs were down to fourteen men that they got a bit more fire in the belly type of thing. And Jack Flynn was poking balls, you know, from the sky, literally plucking even and he was just unbelievable and it all came down to the, the last three at the end. It was over by the sideline. It was very tricky. Took it off the ground and yeah, it just didn't didn't happen for them but uh, yeah as you said we thought they were home and host you know at that point but it was that sending off and it was funny with that sending off I don't think the referee remembered he had given the first yellow mm. at that instant would it have been a second yellow would you think I don't know like obviously it, it, it was a yellow I but think Martin knew exactly what he was doing I think at that point they were I think five up and he's thinking yeah. I'm taking a yellow card they might kick this free and my teammates will take care of the next three minutes Oh God, I don't know. Jeez, I think he put them under a lot of pressure at that point. 
thankfully they, for him they held on um, again bring up Luke again but it was him that was holding the ball he was managing the play he was looking at the clock he was really really showing his experience at that point and they needed players like that and yeah Rato just couldn't get the score in the end because I thought it was going to extra time and I was like I can't take this I my too. heart <laughs> uh, The Downs unbeaten this year they won both the league and championship in Westmead Luke Lachlan kicking five points in his player of the game performance at the weekend and he spoke to Ash after the game Squeaky bum time there the last, the last few minutes, but uh, so happy. I, I'm kind of lost for words, which is a shock, I'd say, to some people, but um, I'm trying to just take it all in at the minute, but I'm just so, so, so happy. It's been such a great year, and you can get used to winning, to be honest. I haven't lost a game now in a while, so <laughs> hopefully it keeps going like that. It's some journey for you this year, especially. I know you've talked about it quite a lot now. It's been documented, and it's brilliant to yeah. see. Um, the Tolson Cup obviously and now you're here in a, in a yeah. Leinster final just talk to me about your performance out there obviously in those last few minutes you were right down in the back line you are in the corner at one stage trying to hold the ball you were looking probably up at the time and hoping the clock would hurry up yeah look lucky enough to kick a few points and contribute you know I missed a goal chance to get in for another one but um, credit to Lar he's kind of instilled a mindset in us to never give up and we really, really do. Like before, just kind of that journey, like my head would go down. And that's just a testament to the way things are going in my life. But um, just never giving up. And that's what we were missing with Lara. And uh, great man. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say now we're giving him a lot of praise the last few months now. He's getting sick of it. But, uh, you know, he was a missing, missing piece for us. And just another step in our journey. Hopefully now another, another big day out in two weeks. And you were down to 14 men for the last about 10 minutes or so. Talk to me about that. Definitely. But uh, same thing, like we kind of were ready for everything, you know. Anything can happen in football. To be honest, when that free there at the end, I was ready for him to kick it over and just get ready for extra time. So kind of hope for the best, or no, expect the, hope for the best and expect the worst. And that's kind of the way we were, ready for, just ready for extra time. But luckily enough, you know, we got a bit of luck after having a torrid last 10 minutes. So um, just happy enough he missed. I know it's not nice to say about someone missing because, but that's sport. I've missed plenty of them. Everyone has missed them, loads of them. So just happy enough to get over the line, you know. Uh, Luke, uh, mixing his metaphors a little bit towards <laughs> the end there. But. I couldn't even help him out at that point. I was shook as well. Um, but it's some journey for Luke. Like I knew Luke in New York. He would have played out there for, for Cavan in New York and um, an epic player, um, a great hurler, mm. brilliant hurler as well. And yeah, we had some good times out there and that was the first time now I'd seen him since. And yeah, it's some journey that he's been on. I know he's been um, on um, AM, ODB AM as well, speaking about it. And yeah, what a year it's been for him. Unbelievable Talton Cup as well. So yeah, he's looking forward to Leinster final now too. Yeah, I mean, it's a remarkable turnaround. One year after you went into Coonvera, won the Talton Cup this summer with Westmead. And then even with the Downs, it was six days after they had lost the county final with Clonkill, himself and Mal Mitchell, and they turn around with their club and win the county football final the next week. And here he is now. So going back to Crow Park for a fourth game of the year because they would have played a semi-final in the Talton yeah, there as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, it's been a remarkable year for them. Uh, we mentioned earlier on as well the Leinster-Kmogie final. You were keeping an eye on that mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. I'll admit, I thought Owlert, even with some of their players being away and the fact that Ursa Jacob's not there after she's had a child and maybe they're not quite where they were in 2020 and 2021, they still won their semi-final very convincingly against Burr the week before and I thought they were going to have a bit too much for St Vincent's but mm-hmm. it's the Dublin champions who come out on top. Yeah, uh, great for Vincent. Um, you know, they have a great team there, great experience in there, especially the likes of Ashling Maher. She was epic as, as always. 
Um, but it was a good game, really good game. And Owler just didn't have enough in the end. I thought that they were maybe going to pull out a draw, but uh, it didn't happen for them. But as you said, it was probably that experience there with Owler. Like they were missing, as you said, Ursula. But they did have the likes of Mary Lacey as well in there. You know, they have that experienced players that they've been there. They've done it. They're a well-known camogie club across the country. And um, yeah, it was it was nice for Vincent's, but they just had too much in the end. The likes of Neve Hedder and she got the goal. Um, a lot of people know Neve for the Dublin footballers. Um, yeah, a brilliant duo player. So they had too much in the end, but it was it was a great game. And yeah, Vincent's uh, well deserving of their their win in the end. I think Owler probably think they they left it behind them, but uh, I think they they'll no doubt be back because they they have such talent within that squad. Will. Yeah, new contender emerges there. Just the results uh, from the weekend. We were already talking about the uh, Munster Senior Hurling semi-finals with John, but Ballygunner winning against Napiercy by 220 uh, to two goals and 15. Ballier getting out by a single point against St. Finbars. Finbars did have a chance with a very late 65, which could have sent it to extra time, a bit like the football game we were talking about. But Ballier, in the end, coming through by 112 to 14 points. And Brandon O'Connell with the winning score there. Ben Cunningham scoring uh, nine points for St. Finbars with 13 points for Pork Manny for Ballygunner. In the Ulster Club Senior Hurling Championship first the semi-final Slock Neil of Derry uh, still on course potentially to win 5 out of 6 in the hurling which when you put all their football success together as well their provincial record since 2015 is just insane for such a small club yeah crazy and then you add in the Camogie who are on the run yeah. again it's just amazing how they continue to keep winning and winning uh, but Brian Casty and Jerome McGuigan uh, getting the goals for the Derry champions there running out 19 point winners 224 to 11 points with a Galway Senior Hurling Championship final between St Thomas's and Loch Ray uh, St Thomas's have been the team to beat they were going for five in a row here uh, but Lockray led at various different stages in this game they were ahead at half time they were ahead with 42 minutes gone in the game but it needed a very late score from Tiernan Killeen uh, to get it an equaliser for Lockray so they've got a very quick turnaround they're back out in Salt Hill this coming weekend for the Galway Senior Hurling Championship replay with the football semi-finals in Connacht uh, Torla Strand of Sligo into their first final since 1982 uh, was a big second half performance from them they were down by four points at the break six points to two but St Mary's of Leitrim who had their dramatic win in London a couple of weeks ago didn't score in the second half at Carrigan Shannon and it was Torla Strand who came through by 8 points to 6 in the end uh, Moy Cullen against Strokestown Moy Cullen had already accounted for Westport in the first round but it was the Galway champions who came through after extra time against the Roscommon champions for the first time in 16 seasons uh, Moy Cullen getting goals from Jared Daverin and also from county player Sean Kelly in extra time as they came through by 2-8 to 7 points so that final in a couple of weeks would be Moy Cullen of Galway against Torla Strand of Sligo we mentioned the Leinster Club Senior Football Semis the Downs of Westmead for the first time in 50 years since they were well beaten by Vincent's uh, back in uh, 1972 is the Downs who beat Radolth by 2-12 to 17 points and Kilmico Crooks very impressive no Paul Mannion injured probably out for most of the rest of the season with that knee injury uh, Shane Walsh had a virus um, the Kilmacud's coaching team were saying afterwards they took him off as a precaution with 15 minutes to go he had scored 3 points in the game Kilmacud coming through against Port Arrington of Leash by 12 points to 4 47 minutes it took for Port Arrington to score from play in the game uh, which was a stark contrast to the big scores they put up in Wexford and against Palatine in the previous rounds and as Ash mentioned Leinster Club Camogie final St Vincent's 1-9 out at the Bala, 11 points. So a really, really important weekend. We're going to talk about the Ulster football semi-finals now. Caro Kane is with us as well. Caro, how are you getting on? Welcome back. Not too bad, Well, Hi, Stine. How's things? Hi, Caro. How are you? Um, I know, Ash, you're excited about this weekend too. I mean, we get a chance to see... Kilmer could have clearly underlined their potential here, not just for Leinster, but for the All-Ireland. We saw Kilcoo very impressive against uh, Ballybane in the last round of Monaghan. And we get to see Kilcoo again this weekend. 
Absolutely, yeah, I know. I'd say Cahir is looking forward to it very much so. Um, Kilku, I think they're they're peaking around now. And I think that's how they, they work their season is to peak now. And against Valley Bay, that was probably the best that I had seen them. I've seen them through the, the club championship quite a bit as well. And they've had very tough games to, to get out of there. Um, in particular, Clonduff in the quarterfinal went to extra time and penalties. Uh, Clonduff will be really hurting over that one. And again, then in the final with Warren Point, and that went extra time as well. So they really get themselves ready for this Ulster Championship playing in the Down Championship because, you know, even last year, they have some of their toughest games in the Down Championship. So, yeah, we're seeing the best of them now at the minute. And yeah, it's, it's very exciting times. And obviously... Yeah, have Glenn as well at the other side of things. So uh, two very exciting teams. You, you want a Glenn against Kilku final? I, I I would love to see it. I think Glenn would uh, love to get one over Kilku after last year. Um, they're two teams that match well. They're quite different in contrast. Uh, Glenn are quite a big team. Kilku will be seen uh, maybe a bit of a smaller team, but that was the talk last year. And look look what happened in the end. You know, Kilku came out on top, but uh, not to write any of the other teams off. You know, either um, there's some great teams in there. Enniskill and Gales first time. They're going to be uh, in the, I think, since maybe 16 years or something like that. Carter would know better than me. And as well, we've Carrigan of Antrim. So not to, to write them off at all. But I suppose the two big names are always Glenn and Kilku, aren't they? And to see them coming up against each other would be epic. But uh, yeah, they, they've two games to go. So yeah, we'll not write them off. Athletic Grounds, uh, 6pm this coming Saturday. Ennis Killingales of Fermanagh up against Kilku of Down. Cara, what has your read been on Kilku so far, Ash, since she's been very impressed with some of the battles they've come through this year already? Yep, no, there will be nothing unusual about them, as Ashley said, nothing unusual about them getting it very tight coming out of down. Um, years, I suppose people judge their their potential in terms of Ulster Club up until they won it a couple of years ago and then went on won the Ireland again the, the, the following time. But up until they had won it, people judged them on how they did in down and oftentimes there was no read on it because they struggled to get out of down and then maybe went well in Ulster or years they came out of down handy and did poorly in Ulster. So... It's been a tough championship to to read them off. Um, they had a bit of a they obviously had a bit of a break after they won the All Ireland. A lot of fellas went and got stuff off their chest um, during the year. Ryan Ryan Johnson spent a lot of the early part of the year travelling. Was in America in the summer. Jerome Johnson, I think, was in America in the summer. Um, Dylan Ward, Keelan Doherty were in America. You know, so I suppose they they they've maybe struggled to find their momentum up until they really needed it. And look, as Ashley alluded to the quarterfinal against Gondolf, like going to penalties, could have very, very easily been gone that night. Um, could have been away from them. But as you say, they, they tend to get stronger as the thing warms up. And talking about a Glen Kilku final, like you will do very, very well if you got into a car in Derry City and you drove the whole way to Newry and stopped in every town on the way through and asked somebody who would be in the Ulster Club final, there would be nobody would tell you that it'll not be Glenn and Kilku. So it is an enormous challenge for, for Enniskill and Gales and Cargan both. Um Kilku and Glenn are seen as the teams that you know, the teams to beat if you like, the teams that will not be beaten this weekend that kind of no matter what happens. Enniskill and Gales, plenty of drama against uh, Gown of Cavan in the last round too. This was the one that went to penalties. It's a, a difficult way to get through to a semi-final, but uh, they held their nerve on the spot kicks to come through. Loads, I was at that game. Um, and to be fair to them, I felt that I felt that Enniskill and Gales deserved to win that game over the 80 minutes. Um, 
Going to get two goals in the first half, Kane away on nothing. Uh, and we're only two points down at half time when when you know the margin in terms of their play was was closer to seven or eight points really. Um Gauna stuck in it well and to be fair, you know, from from probably half time on it was a bit more of an even game, even though Enniskill and Gales probably still slightly edged it, but the penalties, Enniskill and Gales penalties sorry, Enniskill and Gales penalties were were right out of the top drawer, you know, all five players and the goalkeeper all play soccer. Um that that took them and you could almost you could tell you could almost tell it was coming. There would be a big history of, of soccer in, in Enniskill Town and um the fellas to say the fellas it was almost all top corner stuff. It was, you know, very unusually for, for Gaelic footballers that they, they were happy to go across themselves. Most fellas in that panic situation will just go you know, left footed, you're going that side. Right footed, you're going that side. Like, and Enniskillen were happy to open themselves up and go the other way. And they just had a wee bit of quality about them that the soccer, soccer came in useful. But luckily, they've had a they've had a great run. I was at their Fermanagh semi final as well. They knocked out Derry Gonley, who had been the Ulster club final last year, and uh, and thoroughly deserved to beat Derry Gonley that day as well. They're a team that is full of pace, full. Of freshness, other than Richard O'Callaghan, like there, there's nobody outside their mid twenties, but they're just carrying a few niggles and knocks. They're waiting on, not actually sure did they take an appeal to on to Crow Park. They lost their appeal to Ulster Council over Callum Jones's red card um, on Monday night, and he would be a big loss as well. Brandon Horns carrying a hamstring injury, be a big loss. Uh, and Owen Beacom hasn't started the last couple of games, so they need all three. They really need all three. Right, you both have an inside track in this far more than me. How involved is Mickey Moran actually with this Kilku team? Because I thought he was gone. I thought this was underlined, uh, new management team. Mickey had been so crucial to them win the All-Ireland, but they had broken away. And now we hear that Mickey Moran's back involved in some way. Um, well, I had spoke with Conlith uh, Gilligan, uh, the manager at the moment. Um, I spoke to him a few times just during the club championship and he always said that Mickey was always there. You know, he didn't really miss a game. He was always in the stands and when you speak to any of the players, they say he's always around the place and you have heard he's been in the dressing room and the like. So I think with you have someone like Mickey Moore and who takes such a big interest in, in your team um, and has been there and has done it with them, of course, you're going you're gonna to call on him and want his experience. And, uh, you know, when he walks into a dressing room, like the lads have said time and time again, you know, everyone shuts up. It's Mickey. You know, you stop, you listen. Um, so, yeah, I think he is still around. Um, given some uh, words of wisdom, I'm sure. And if you can use someone like Mickey, I absolutely would. So that is the, the talk at the minute that he is. Um, don't know if he's involved with training and stuff. No idea. But uh, that he's around the games. Uh, definitely. Yeah, he's been there. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely still using him. But Glenn is his club. So, yeah, you'd wonder um, if they did come head to head. Recluse himself <laughs> a bit like uh, what we saw earlier on in the Ulster Championship. Uh, it's interesting decision by Conor Gilligan there as well, Cara, to still have him around. I mean, you can still tap into that experience. You can tap in to a man who the Kilku players were saying was so important when he spoke even in Crow Park uh, last year about the motivation of getting back into that game against Kilmico Crooks and um, seems they're still tapping into his experience here It does it, it, it seems so he's been around he's been around the games alright um, and it's been I mean it's hard to miss Mikey Moore uh, when, he, when he lands into, into Park Esler so people people obviously noticed fairly quickly um, and that's that's kind of that has grown legs since then. How how big his involvement is outside of match days, not sure, but he's certainly he's certainly there on the day of the game. And as you say, there's been such a, a continuity 
in terms of the whole setup, obviously Conleith and Richie Thornton getting joint managers um, were, were sort of coaching last year there. They both stepped up and, and sort of took it together. And, you know, in terms of this team selection, like you're looking at the, the team the last day, 14 of the team that played the All-Ireland final, um, we're, we're starting again and Eugene Brannigan was suspended. So, you know, they've, they've, had, very, they've, well, they've had no turnover at all, which you, you kind of expect. To a degree in a club team, but usually you'd see a wee change or two or three maybe, but but they're literally working off pretty much 17 players. Anthony Morgan has, has come in and done well this year. Tiernan, Tiernan Fett has, has, has got a fair bit of football team and they've they've a couple of young lads uh, that have been coming off the bench. Um, but they're working off, they're working off. They're, you look at them, and they look almost exactly the same team. They're not playing really any different. They're they're built on what they're built on, and uh, I suppose the, the just the whole continuity thing. Mickey's input probably feels like maybe it's not all that different from last year at all. Yeah, I suppose no different to Ballygunner. They're coming in with the experience now of got getting over the final line and actually winning an All Ireland title last year. Um, Glenn go up against Carrigan of Antrim in Healy Park half past ones on TG Car on Sunday afternoon. I mean, you've said from the outset, all expectation is here, Car, that Glen are going to advance. It is. It is. It would. Um, it would be hard to make a case otherwise when you look at Glen's last two performances. Um, people and I would have been among them. I would have felt that Slack Neil had a much better chance in this year's Derry final than they had in last year's um, because. Paul Bradley had had altered the way that Slack Neil were playing, and particularly the way they were defending. Um, they were setting up much deeper. We saw the evidence of of last year. You go back to the Kilku semi final last year with Glen. They learned an awful lot from Glen's win over St Unans up in Letterkenny, where St Unans dropped everybody back and made it so difficult. And Glen struggled to to break it down. They struggled to break Kilku down, and that was the Slack Neil template that, that somewhere down the line they were going to make Glen. They were going to make it hard. To, to get broken down, Glenn, Glenn just you know made it look so easy again, and I think they've looked like a team over the last couple of weeks that they now look like a team that any way you want to throw it at them, they can play it, and they look like even though Kieran McFall has been an enormous absence in one sense, they haven't really felt it. You're waiting in some sense for the day that you do feel it or they do feel it, but it hasn't come yet. They look every bit as good as they did last year, even without him. And they look like they're a year down the line coaching ways in terms of dealing with whatever a team brings to them. You know, like they could have had more goals. Ergo played no sweeper and really in the Ulster in the Ulster club. The guy was sitting along the twenty one yard line that they were defending, um, just in the stand that day and yeah, Ergo were so wide open, but Glenn were so good at attacking the space as well that you know, it was frightening how, how often they could have got in for goals in the first half particularly. So what Cargan bring? Cargan have tended to play open football in the last couple of years. They've they've had a few high scoring games. Obviously the Neve Connell semi final wasn't open. I think you would put a lot of that down to Neve Connell and, and the way that, that they play and, and Cargan kinda of mirrored it and it became that kind of a game. But if Cargan leave themselves exposed, they're in real trouble. If they drop everybody back I don't see that they have the punch to hurt Glenn the other way. It's just, it's, it's hard to make a case for them. 
Yeah, you've wet the appetite very nicely for this weekend. Cara, thanks a million for joining us. No bother, thank you. Looking forward to those games this weekend. So a reminder of the fixtures that we are looking forward to. We've got that first at the Ulster Club Senior Football Semi-Finals at the Athletic Grounds on Saturday evening 6pm. Enniskill and Gales of Fermanagh hoping to reach the Ulster Final for the first time in 20 years uh, when they go up against the reigning All-Ireland Champions Kilku of Down. Then on to Sunday, actually, we've got the Munster Club Senior Football Semi-Finals. 1pm start for Cairn O'Rallix of Kerry against Erog of Clare. At the same time, Clonmel Commercials, who... Uh, knocked out Nemo in the last round very impressively up against Newcastle West of Limerick that's at Semple Stadium at 1pm we've got the Ulster Club Senior Football Championship semi-final replay which is the first of the two games on TG Carr, which you can watch on Sunday Cargan of Antrim against Glen of Derry that one's in Oma at the same time TG Carr online for Nace of Kildare against Ballyhale Shamrocks at Croke Park Leinster Club Senior Hurling semi-final I think this one's intriguing because last year we were talking all year about Nace mm-hmm. being almost too good for the Intermediate Championship and I fancy the big time when they played against Shinrone in the quarterfinals a few weeks, a couple of Saturdays ago, and they surely delivered. Um, won very comfortably by double digits in the end. It's a huge step up for them, though, to go from playing intermediate and getting to Crow Park last year for your next journey to Crow Park to play against the four in a row chasing Ballyhale Jamrocks. Unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. But what a story. And, you know, these are the stories from, from club that we love. And it's a massive jump for them. But look, we've, we've seen it done. So, you know, you definitely wouldn't write them off. They're a great team. Um, yeah, Ballyhale, just something else. You know, they, they really are a great team. Coasting at the minute, I feel. I don't know if TJ's going to be back. Didn't need him the last day. Didn't need him the last day. Yeah, they'll, they'll be hoping he will be. And I know he'll absolutely want to be out there. But um, yeah, they just feel like they're just finding their stride. You know, again, this time of year, they seem to just hit their peak. But uh, they start a bit later, their championship in Kilkenny. So um, maybe it's good time for them too but uh, yeah definitely wouldn't be right in ace off either No Ballyhill still hurting from that All-Ireland final their last game at Crow Park which is that Harry Ruddle goal for Ballygunner uh, to win the championship itself Chemical Croaks uh, still in with a hunt of winning a provincial double they go up against St Mullins of Carlow that's the second game and that's on TG Carr at 3.15 you've also got that Galway Senior Hurling Championship final replay uh, Lock Ray up against the reigning champion St Thomas that is at Pierce Stadium at 1pm so a very busy uh, weekend of club championship action to come the club championship show here on OTB Sports is brought to you by AIB you can watch back on demand on our YouTube or indeed on our Twitter and also the podcast will be up soon on the OTB GEA stream Ash thanks a million looking forward to what should be a great weekend of action yep can't wait for it Will thank you and we'll chat to you guys again at half past ten next Wednesday The Club Championship Show on OTB in partnership with AIB proud sponsors of the Football Hurling and Camogie All-Ireland Club Championships Hashtag The Toughest